there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. All right, welcome to the Chronic Podcast. I'm your host, Ralph Albro. This week, since we only have a couple more weeks till the, till the draft, actually, actually, is it one week till the draft? So we got everybody on board. We got our fearless leader, Dave Carriello. No, it's not one. It's not one week from the draft. Two weeks from the draft. It, is it two? Oh, is it two weeks? It's two. It's, it's, two. Two. it's two weeks. Yeah. All right. I'm you're, you're, you're freaking me out because I'm like, I got, a, I got a lot of community draft picks to get through, and I was like, I can't squeeze this all in one week. Once again, the lousy hosting rears its ugly head to take down our podcast. But there's our fearless leader, Dave. We have Andrew Jude from the Saints Nation and Kevin from Hakeem Drops the Ball. And when he feels the peons of the internet worthy, he writes us a power poll. Uh, so, um, my, What's the last power poll we had, by the way? I don't know. Probably like 1989. <laughs> November? Yeah, it's, it's been a while. It's been a while. Oh my God! I just gotta find that right topic. Is all that's all. Well, I think we need. I think we need like a, a free agency power poll. You know, a re-ranking now that teams have uh, done a lot of their free agent signing. I mean, at some point, Kevin ceases being power poll guy if, if he's just not doing it right. Yeah, he does. I mean, this shit, shit held. I mean, I've done two. I'm gonna do two mock draft posts, and that's like. Uh, two more power polls than you've done in the last 12 weeks or 16 <laughs> weeks, you know? Uh, okay, let me tell you, all right, look, I'll fucking come up with a power poll, and I'm going to put it in there, and I'm going to see if Dave's going to run it or not. All right. I'll, I'll come up with a power poll. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't I run it? I don't know, because cause it'll probably be James Bond related. Jesus, he ran, <laughs> he, he ran my Oakland Raiders draft pick, which... I'm very proud of has the lowest poll ranking of any draft pick of the mock draft. I thought it was before. very. I thought it was very funny though. Well, oh, that was they, glorious. If they thought, if they thought my Raider pick was bad, wait till they get a load of my Dolphins pick, um, <laughs> which I mentioned the Dolphins for about ten seconds, and then I just go into my wife's um, angry rants and uh, hatred of the designated hitter. So I'm sure they're going to really enjoy that. But we're twenty. We're we're. A minute in, and we're already off topic. So, it's two weeks till the draft. Um, two weeks. Two weeks. And, uh, Dave, I believe that the Saints roster uh, is way weaker than people think. And, uh, look, as Andrew has said before, when they won the Super Bowl, Zach Streif was the third tackle. He was tackle eligible yeah. guy. Now he's the best tackle on the team. Um, this draft that they have is critical because they're in decline, and nothing lasts forever. And if you don't believe me that nothing lasts forever, Roger Ebert, who he's not gonna, you're not going to be able to read his re- reviews anymore and, and see him if you really liked him. And hell, Angela Hill's not doing the 5 o'clock news. So nothing lasts forever, people. So it's critical that the Saints have a good draft. So my question to you, Dave, is now that they've signed Jason Smith 
a tackle. Now all the problems are solved. From the Hornets. From the Hornets. <laughs> what? <laughs> the guy from the Hornets might be a better left tackle than the guy. <laughs> <they play. laughs> might as well be. Um, that guy's a colossal bust. But Dave, as as you look at this draft, what is the the worst case scenario for the Saints, and and what is your best case scenario? Worst case scenario is easy. They trade up, they draft somebody, and he sucks. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, really. Uh, worst Real- case scenario is, I mean, sorry, best case scenario is honestly, they just go ahead and get the best defensive player available. You know, the best case scenario is hopefully somebody like Ezekiel Ansah or. Um, uh, Barkevius Mingo or somebody like that. Best case scenario, somebody like that drops, um, and 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 the Saints can pick him up. Uh, but uh, I, I, you know, this this could go either way. I, I keep hearing all the media people say like how this is like the most difficult draft to predict. So I, I think we're in for an exciting Thursday night uh, for the first round. I think I don't think it's going to go any way. I don't think it's going to go how anybody is thinking it's going to go. You know, there's always a few surprises. Well, and there's always you know, yeah. there's always some stupid team who trades <laughs> up and just blows everybody's mind. Well, Kevin, you said on Twitter that you are very pro trade trading down. I think, yeah, yeah. And, and I yeah. I declared I'm, myself. I am, pro- I, I am definitely pro trade down. I mean, look, I know I know Wang is is. Driving the uh, the Barkevius Mingo, Mingo bandwagon, and, and, and you know what? God love him. God love him forever for for not only not only being excited about that possibility and bringing it up in January when nobody thought Barkevius Mingo would even be available at fifteen, or, 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 or before anybody really started considering it, he's been driving the train forever. So he's been he's been on board with that, and and God love him for it, but. I've always been one of those kind of guys that uh, can we trade down? Can we get more picks? Can we hoard more shit? I'm I'm that guy. I am the perpetual. We always need more shit. I'm that guy. So if we can get more picks, if there's some team that thinks that that, that really wants to come up, and if they're willing to give us their pick in the first round and a third round or an extra third, or if they want to somehow give us you know, switch spots and then give us uh, their second or give us, you know, just whatever combination, whatever combination results in more picks for the Saints and the opportunity to add more depth because that's what the Saints need. And you just spelled it out right there with the, with the, the bit about Zach Streif and hell, that's the offensive line. That's the offensive line where people always say, well, fuck, the offense will keep chugging along for, for a few more years. We got time on that. It's the defense that's fucked up. And then the reality is, hang on, there's fucking fissures. There's fissures on on the offense. I mean, Drew Brees is so fucking brilliant that that. Oh yeah, hey, I'm dropping fucking big words tonight, man. I read the, I read my Roger's thesaurus before tonight's episode. Uh, and, fissure. And That's like a little anal fissure, right? That's Not quite. Not quite. If I if I get a little bit too truculent, I apologize in advance. You know, no. there's a there's a Facebook there's a Facebook page called where they give you the grandiloquent word of the day. <laughs> is that where you're getting this information from? Do you yeah, subscribe to the, the grandiloquent word of the day? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure. Fisher was the, the word of the day. No, I did not know that. So, but here, okay. 
Well, uh, well yeah. trade down, trade down, try and stockpile because we, we we need we, we got to fill we got to fill fucking gaps and we need we got we need more depth. Well, okay, Andrew. So Kevin is pro trade down. I'm the freaking president of the trade down uh, committee. So here's my question to you. And Dave just brought up a great Dave brought up a great point is that this draft from like 15 to 45, you don't have any fucking idea how it's going to go because all the players are the same. So my question to you is. How far? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And... Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. (laughs) I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Are you okay with the Saints trading down? And and what about this scenario? Is this scenario okay? This the, the, the 49ers have, I think, a dozen picks left, even after trading for Bolden and getting Colt McCoy to back up uh, Colin Kaepernick. If the 49ers say to the Saints, hey, Saints, we, we want number 15. We'll give you 31 and 33 for Kansas yeah. City. Take it. Andrew, do you take it, or is that too far to go? I say, who do I have to blow? <laughs> The answer is which is Simmons. I mean, do I, do I need to elaborate? I, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, look, even at 31 and 33, I mean, I, I've I've been a long proponent of of liking Kenny Vaccaro, and there, there's a chance he could drop that low. I just don't think at 15, it's very likely. I think Mingo's going to be gone. I even think Jarvis Jones, with his checkered health, is probably going to be gone. I think the the only chance I think the Saints really have of landing one of the elite guys, and we talk about Ansa, Mingo, Jones, Deion Jordan, guys like that, is if we see quarterbacks go in the top 15, and I'm, I'm or top 14, and I'm not really sure how that's going to play out. But you know, obviously we hope Geno Smith goes top five. Then we hope that puts pressure on someone else to 
maybe move up and get Matt Barkley. And so would Buffalo take Nassib? Is Buffalo really going to draft that guy from Syracuse that I didn't even know existed until Monday morning quarterback? When I read Peter King's column, I I sure hope so. But I mean, (laughs) seriously, we should have a party, you know, basically for every single quarterback that's drafted ahead of the Saints because um, that's just dropping another player down the board. Um, But you know, if it goes according to how I think it's going to go, and uh, and it's just one quarterback that goes, then I don't see a whole lot of difference, Ralph, between dropping to sit from 15 to 31. And honestly. I don't think there's going to be a left tackle, and, and I still think even with the signing of, of the Hornets player with the bad rotator cuff, um, who you know, should be a pretty good left tackle, um, I still think the Saints are, probably need to help that position with some more depth. So I don't think Lane Johnson is going to be there. And so I think if you scale back, then you, you get better value at 31. You get a, you get a tackle that, that's actually – a good pick at 31 as opposed to a huge reach at 15. And on top of that, you get another pick at 33, two picks behind. Um, so, I mean, if you're the president and, and uh, Kevin's the vice president, I guess I'm the treasurer of the trade-down committee, but um, I'm all for it. Well, I'm so in favor of a trade-down. I would even take a deal with San Francisco if they said, hey, Saints, we'll give you our first-round pick 31 and our pick – in the second round, which would be 63, and maybe like another pick in the fourth or fifth round. Because I just think the Saints, they desperately need an infusion of talent, and they need that second-round pick. And, you know, Goodell took it from them. And, and I think I think this, the value at 25 is going to be the same as 60 in this draft. Because I just – it's just not that good a draft. And – to me, when it's not a good draft, a draft pick is a lottery ticket. Any a lottery ticket anyway. I want as many tickets in the top sixty as I can get. Um, but uh, it's it's I I you know it, it presents an interesting situation. And I, I too, of course, I'm on board the you know the trade down the Bill Belichick school of of drafting. Uh, you know, and it's an interesting situation, Ralph, because I mean, you know, you say that you think they need as much talent as possible. You know, if there's, I disagree with Andrew in so much that I think somewhere there's going to be some hitch, there's going to be some surprise in the top 14, and I think that one of the names that we've been throwing around that we all like is going to be available, whether it's Jarvis Jones or Anta or Mingo. I, I just, I just have this feeling that one of those guys is going to be available, and if that's the case, then it's interesting because the Saints are in a situation. Well. Should they just take him? I mean, he's a known commodity, and he's he's a very he's he'll probably, one of them will probably be a very good player. So should they take him, or do they use him as bait to trade down? Uh, you know, I mean, either situation has its pros and cons. So I, I think that uh, I think if that was the case and that was the situation to happen, um, I, I would say it's a tough decision for the Saints. Now, if all those guys are gone and there's nobody that's really that really wows us at 15th overall, when I say definitely trade down, but if, you know, a Jonathan Cooper or a Jarvis Jones or, I don't know, maybe Ogletree, uh, you know, or Deion Jordan or one of these guys that have all been projected in the top 10, 15, you know, if one of those guys happened to slide down to the Saints, then I think they're in a predicament. Do they take the guy who's supposed to be really good and, and maybe he's a good value at 15, uh, or do they try and use him as straight bait with somebody lower than them who maybe really wants that person. So, you know, I think it's... Oh, Dave, Dave, I absolutely agree with what you said, and I think 
if, if you're in the Saints war room right now, my guess is they have seven guys on their draft board where they're like, we, we think these, guys, these seven guys are going in the top 14. But if any of these seven guys drop to 15, we're taking them. And if all seven guys are gone, like we think they're going to be gone, then we entertain the trade, you know, the trade. Let's get on the phone. Well, 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 Kevin, I'm trying to figure out what is a player that the Saints want to see drop, but they don't want, if that makes sense, where it's a player where you have teams behind them start getting a little crazy and getting a little antsy, sort of like – like if I, the best case, the best example I can give is Tebow. A couple of years ago, Denver was lusting for Tebow, and they went a little nuts to get him and move up in the late later part of the round and gave up, I think, three draft picks to get him. Who's a player, or even a team that's behind the Saints that could really start to get desperate, and the Saints could swoop in and and, and make a nice deal. Well, uh, some of that kind of depends. I mean, look, I can, I'll come up with, with a few different combinations and, and some of them will, it's going to take like more than one domino falling. So I'll go with one of those first. So let's say that some sad son of a bitch makes a reach, uh, in the first 14 and takes, uh, Tyler Eifert, the tight end out of Notre Dame. Well, then all of a sudden the pressure's on for everybody else that's thinking about a tight end to look at the guy from Stanford because he's the only other tight end that's really worth shit that could be taken within the next, you know, 20, 30 picks, you know, that could probably go in for the rest of the first round at that point and uh, maybe for the rest of the second round. I I didn't read too many tight end positions except for him and Eifert and some other guy. And guys were – alternating between whether or not they liked Eifert more or the Stanford guy more. So if somebody reaches and takes Eifert, then the Stanford guy is going to get that much more attention and vice versa. I would also say, you know, you can take a look at, at the at the defensive positions. You could go Xavier Rhodes and, and D. Miller, a milliner, and say, okay, if those if, if, if those guys are still available, somebody with a shitty secondary is certainly going to be looking at them. Or could somebody try and trade back in? You know, who knows? I mean, you look at so many fucking mock drafts and you're like, wait a minute, who's picking who again? Who's picking where? Like, I've I've been confused. I've confused myself to the point of of irrelevance, which is kind of weird because it's like I've done a complete 360 and gotten back to where I was originally. (laughs) I've, I've forgotten everything now. But... I look at the tight end spot, and I look at the uh, the cornerback spot, and then those uh, those de the defensive end linebacker hybrids. If there's if there's a run on those, or if those get picked up, or if they fall, then the Saints are sitting in the catbird seat because the the latter two, the corner and the uh, de linebacker spots, those are spots that the Saints could use to draft. But you know. If somebody's willing to pay pay handsomely for it, then fuck, let them go. Let them go. Well, Andrew, you mentioned um, Kenny Vaccaro, and you also mentioned on Twitter how you know we were we, we mentioned a bunch of stuff, and you were like, "Hey, hold the fuck up! 
I don't want to live through another year of Malcolm Jenkins and Roman Harper. Please, for the love of God, they need another safety. Um, I've sort of come to that position and am fine with even Vaccaro at 15. Um, where do you stand on, on him and on the safety position in general? I think 15 is a bit of a reach for him. I, I think I'd be fine with that pick if a lot of guys we've already talked about um, were, were to go. But I, I think you can trade back in the, the early to late 20s or mid-20s and probably still get him. Um, so I think that would be my vote over reaching for him at 15. But, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, sometimes a team, one team, all it takes is one, one GM, one coach that falls in love with the player. And uh, and then he's gone. So, but you know, I, I do think they need depth and safety. Like I said, I'm done with the Harper Jenkins tandem. I do like Isa Abdul Kadus a lot. Man, I, I like everything I've seen from him, and and I would not complain if he taking the chance and, and he was the starter at free safety opening day. So that that is one prospect that they have that I'm at least excited about. Um, but. I'll tell you one guy right now. I mean, for me, Star, Star Lotulele is the best player in the draft, and I think he was probably the first pick overall, maybe the second pick behind Jekyll, if he hadn't had that heart scare. And I think he kind of shot down the draft boards, and now he's going back up now that his, his medical, he's gotten his medical clearance, and apparently there's nothing wrong with his heart. I think that probably has scared teams enough that he's dropped on there. And he didn't get to go to the combine and really do the workouts. He did his uh, he did his home, I guess, workout stuff. But um, so I, I I don't he held a pro day, I guess, at his campus. I think he was at Utah, but whatever. Um, so that that for me is, in my opinion, the best player in the draft. And if he were to fall to 15, I, I don't see how this. I mean, if the Saints were picking first or second, he, he would be top two player on my board after Jekyll. So. Um, if he falls to 15, I feel like the Saints have to take him. Um, you know, I, I think a safety makes sense at some point in the draft if they can find a guy that they like that can at least give Harper and Jenkins some competition along with Abdul Caduce. And maybe maybe in year one, I mean, I, I, can I stomach another year of Jenkins Harper? Not really, but, you know, I, I'm probably not going to flip my wrist either. So, um, you know, if you can get a young guy in there that you can develop and, and we have to suffer through one more year but he won't be back the following year then okay well let's let's get some young guys in there now and start developing them um as far as the question you asked kevin about who i'd like to see drop um i think the main guy is um you know and i think it's going to depend on where star lotu lele goes but if he goes early um that could drop sharif floyd um and and if and if one of those two guys drops to 15 i Sharif Floyd, I'm less convinced he can be a good 3-4 nose tackle. But if he drops to 15, then that's a defensive tackle that everyone's going to want. And I think the value of that 15 pick skyrockets if he makes it that far. Yeah, I mean, how? on a scale of 1 to 10, how likely is that? Of Star falling to 15 or Sharif Floyd? Sharif Floyd. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, I give it a four. Slightly less than fifty-fifty. Yeah. Um, Dave, the Saints have kind of bargain shopped. Um, and since we since we last had everybody together, you know, they they signed your guy, who you went out on a limb 
right at the beginning of free agency, I think, and you were like, hey, they're going to sign Kenyon Martin from Dallas. That's a guy that – Kenyon Coleman. Col- Coleman, sorry. Uh, they're going to sign him. They signed him. They yeah, signed – fucking nailed that one. You did. Golf clap. <laughs> um, yeah, signed... I, can't, I can't believe they signed Kenyon Martin. Why, why are the Saints signing all these NBA players? Jason Smith, <laughs> Kenyon Martin? I, I don't get it. Uh, they signed him. They stopped watching other sports out. Yeah, I know. They signed him. They signed Jim Leonard. They signed Justin Smith. They're going in the the the, the bargain bin. Is is there? They signed former Jets and former Cowboys. If you yeah. want to just sum it up quickly, that's what they've done. Of any of these moves that they've made since we talked last, are any of them going to be worth a damn that we're talking about in October? Um, not those two that you just mentioned. I don't think Ken Kenyon Coleman. I think is is assigning more for leadership and education, uh, you know, and that's, you know, locker room presence sort of thing. I, I don't think I don't think anybody should be expecting big things from Kenyon Coleman on the stat sheet. Um, you know, Jim Leonard, um, this, wait, what's his first name? Is that his first name? Jim, yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he, I, I also don't think he's going to be blowing up the stat sheet, but, I mean, he, he definitely will – will probably contribute more than Coleman. I, I think the free agent signing I'm most excited to see, uh, um, other than Keenan Lewis, because I think we need to expect, I think we should all be expecting Keenan Lewis to to make a splash and to do big things. Um, but I think, I think the Victor Butler signing is the most intriguing um, and potentially the one with the biggest upside. Um, you know, I, I think... Of all their free agent signings, I, I think Victor Butler could be the one that we'll look back on and say that was a good signing. Um, but any of these recent guys, like you said, you know they've been bargain hunting, and that's simply because they have to, and they really don't have the luxury of just throwing around money. Um, and it, we talked about it all last week. I mean, I personally think, with what the Saints have had to work with, I think they've done a pretty good job of of finding okay talent with. The, the salary cap situation they were in. I know there are a lot of people out there, uh, you know, who, who wanted to see them, who wanted to see the Saints just sign all the top five free agents at every position. Well, why are they doing that? How come they didn't sign Nandi and Keenan Lewis and uh, you know, who, and Jake Long? How come they haven't signed all those guys? We need all those guys. Um, yep. So, but uh, Victor Butler, I, I given Dave that whenever someone's cut within thirty seconds, Saints Nation tweeted. Hey, how about we I, I, got, I mean, and and I think what I think the I think the first inclination that people should have when a team cuts a guy is not, hey, why don't we pick up this guy? I think the first inclination should be, why did they cut this guy? There has to be a reason. People don't just get cut for no reason. You know, I think there's there's only one there's only one category of player of a free agent where it's right to say, hey, what about this guy? I think when you have a free agent who was released or cut by the team because of financial issues, those are the best guys to go after. Those are the guys yeah. that are still probably talented, and it's just a case of the team not being able to uh, afford them. You know, but whenever it's an age thing or an injury thing uh, or something like that, uh, you know, your first inclination should not be, oh, let's go after this guy. You know, there's a reason that players get cut. You know, good players, te- teams... Don't just let go. It's just for the hell of it. Um, 
So anyway, but the free agent signing, uh, Victor Butler is the one that I think I will be looking at most and have the, uh, I will say the second highest expectation simply because Keenan Lewis is where my expectations really lie. Well, Andrew, is there anybody left in the bargain? I'm looking at actually the pro football talk to all unemployed team. Is there anybody left in the, in the bargain bin <laughs> that you would be like, I like that guy. You know, if you get him on a, the the veteran minimum, or is there any, is there anybody out there that you'd like the Saints to roll the dice on? That's... Um, I mean, if you look at well, they obviously still want a corner, you know, and um, they've lost out on Austin Wan, they've lost out on Porter, um, but based on the fact that they've kind of kicked the tires on those two guys, even though they signed Keenan Lewis, me and hey, we're probably not done. Um, with adding corners to our roster. so uh, and, and I just get the vibe that it's not going to be a rookie because they feel like they've already invested draft picks in Corey White and in Patrick Robinson. They've got a couple young guys, and so um, they're going to bring back a veteran. And, you know, I actually think Albert Mack played pretty well last year. And in fact, you could argue that as banged up as Jabari Greer was and he kind of had a down year, you could argue that Albert Mack was the best cornerback on the team last year. Um, so that, that's a guy, and my guess is the reason he's not back yet is because the Saints have given him a, an awful contract offer, um, or not, or none at all. So, um, you know, he's seeing if he can get more money, but if you look at the free agency list of cornerbacks, there's a lot of veteran guys that, um, are still out there. And at this point, I'm pretty sure they could be had at a song, uh, for a song. So, I mean, just just reading some names here: Sheldon Brown, Nate Clements, Marcus Trufant, Shante Spencer, Rasheen Mathis, Quentin Jammer, Mike Jenkins, Chris Gamble. He he might retire, but Chris Gamble, Terrence McGee, Antoine Winfield, Charles Woodson. These are all guys that have started in the last year for someone. All veteran corners. I don't see these guys as massive downgrades from a Trace Porter or an Asiyan Asamoah at this point. I mean, I think they're maybe slightly worse than those two guys, but those are all veteran guys that have been in the league that could be corners and maybe be a decent slot guy for you, a decent nickel corner. So um, any of those guys would be fine. But I, if I'm a fan, I'm not freaking out too much about the fact that um, the Saints lost out on Porter and Asamoah because there's still a lot of veteran capable corners out there that are looking for jobs. And I'm sure the Saints could have one of these guys on the cheap. Well, I mean, the thing is with the Saints is they didn't even think well enough of either Porter or Namdi Asamoah to go above 2.5 million. I mean, Namdi Asamoah got 1.35 million not guaranteed from San Francisco, and Porter got two and a half million from the Raiders. I mean, if the Saints really, really wanted Asamoah, they could have said, "Hey, Namdi, we'll give you three and a half million, which would have been three times, you know, three times, almost." more than double what San Francisco gave him. So, I mean, it, what, it feels to me like, like Andrew, you're right, where they look at these all these corners like, we'll eventually get one, and they're all kind of the same. You know? Uh, yeah. Kevin, um, is there, as we, as, we, as we head into the draft, and we've mostly talked defense, but I'm going to say I'm more worried about wide receiver with the Saints than a lot of people because I feel like Henderson's gone. 
Colson. No, he's not. No, he's not. Well, I mean. He hasn't been signed by another team. He's probably not going to get signed by another team. So I think the most likely scenario is the Saints are going to keep him at a very low rate. And I'm going to be very happy about that. But do you think he has anything left, Dave? I feel yes, like kind of. Yes, every fucking year I have this goddamn conversation. <laughs> I think, I think, I think every Kevin Henderson. <laughs> you know, every fucking year, every fucking year, trade Devery. Let's fucking trade Devery. Uh, Devery's fucking gone. Yep, he's still on the fucking team. So show us how fucking much you know, you jackass. I'm not talking to you, Ralph. I'm talking about the Royal yes. Saints fandom. Uh, he, he, Derry Henderson, fucking book it now. Derry Henderson will be on this fucking roster, uh, starting next season, week one. And, um, and he's going to contribute, and there's going to be at least one fucking game where everybody's like, God, we have fucking Derry Henderson. He caught that 95 yard touchdown. Um, and he's not that, you know, I, I, it's amazing. I feel like he's like the new Reggie Bush. He's just so divisive. I, people either like him or they don't like him, and there's really no in-between. Uh, Devery Henderson will be on the team. He's going to be fine, and uh, and I'm happy about that. I have been one of the biggest Devery, Devery Henderson supporters until last year. I feel like... What? I just, I feel like he's kind... He, he, his, 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 his breakout moments are getting less and less and less and less, and I just... I think the Saints, Dave. I think they've moved. I think they've moved on. I could be wrong. We'll see. I I just and I feel like if if the Saints have moved on and they don't bring back Devery Henderson, I'm scared to death of having to count on Nick Toon and Andy Tanner and Joe Morgan. So, Kevin, I feel like if they if they're going to move on from Devery Henderson. I feel like they need to they need to do something at wide receiver in the draft. Okay, so so what round? I mean, clearly uh, not the first round. And you know, depending. I mean, let's just pretend that the Saints make no deals and they're taking everything as is. So clearly not the first round. So what? The third round at the earliest? Yes. yes. I, I'm. I, I. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a believer. I wasn't a believer in Nick Toon. I'm not. I'm just. I'm. I'm obviously than the rest of the three of you. I'm more worried about wide receiver. So yes, the third. The third round is where I'd. I'd be. I'd be more than okay with them doing that. Just FYI, among 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 Saints wide receivers, Devery Henderson had the third most. Uh, the third most. No, I take that back. I'm wrong. He had the he had the third most catches. He had the third most number of catches. Dave, I don't want Lance, you, I don't want you getting behind, using facts to get in the way of my behind, argument. Behind 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 Lance Moore and Marcus Colston. It, basically, in order, the, the your 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 number of by number of catches, you've got Jimmy Graham, who's a tight end, so he's not a wide receiver. Marcus Colston, Darren Sproul, Lance Moore, Pierre Thomas, and then Devery Henderson. Uh, he still gets used. I think he's quiet, you know. Yeah, I think you're right, Ralph. I mean, he's not making those big, giant plays uh, all the time. He only had one touchdown. But I, I still think he's usable. Even if he's – I think that's the scenario. He stays on the team, and he's the worst receiver we have. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether that's going to happen or not, but 
I, I just think, again, every year I, I mention this, but the chart painting system is so complicated. I think having a, an extensive knowledge of the system and knowing where to be at all the right times and all that, I think that goes a long way um, toward how the coaching staff feels about their receivers. And so if, you know, if you've got a guy who's less talented than another guy, but he knows everything inside and out, I, I think he's, he, he's, he winds up being more valuable. No, you've you've you 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 King Kim Jong on my argument, and you you <laughs> evaporated it with a nuclear bomb. Uh, we'll just call that. Um, Why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know. To get away from Kim Jong Un's nuclear yeah. weapons. <laughs> They've put out an alert for the middle of the ocean. Uh, <laughs> in the middle of the ocean, he'll be lucky if he gets an eight to the fucking ocean. Yeah, I, I saw that on. I, 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 I saw that on Saturday Yeah. Um, <laughs> Andrew, um, before we um, before we get to our our mocking the draft, um, and we've pretty much discussed everything everything you can do with the draft, but as do you like the draft on Thursday night? I'll just – do you like the draft on Thursday night? More yeah, so, More so than Saturday all day. Absolutely. I love it. I like that it's spread out a little bit more. I just remember that when when uh, when the draft used to be just Saturday and Sunday, um, it was an all-weekend affair, and my wife absolutely hated me because I stayed planted in front of a TV the whole time and – didn't really do anything except maybe munch on a bag of potato chips and just uh, stare at the TV like a zombie um, for for days on end, so or for hours on end for two days. So that was a little too packed for me. Kind of took away from my weekend. Um, and now that I have a kid, especially you know, Thursday night, it's after he's in bed, and I can just focus on it and only really kind of dial in for a couple hours, and the first round's done and you get to do it again on Friday night after my kid goes to bed again. Um, and then Saturday, you know, you gotta, gotta kind of pay attention, but, um, it's just, it's just spread out a little bit better. So, um, especially for my, where I am in my personal life, I think it fits into my, my schedule, my, uh, my personal hours a lot better. So for, for the, for the dad viewing experience, I think it's, it was a very positive move. And, yeah, but, and you get more time to work on your backhand, right? That's right. Absolutely. There you go. Uh, he doesn't need he doesn't need work on his backhand, Captain. Oh, I absolutely do, actually. So, <laughs> Dave, are you are you a Thursday night guy? I am. I I'm just going to reiterate everything that Andrew said because he nailed it for me. And yeah, we're in the same boat. It's also good. Uh, yeah, I, I, the blog is concerned. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's just like you know. I, I get why they stretched it out. I'm fine with them just putting the first round on one night. The problem is is that now what's going to happen is they're going to find a way to, sh- to stretch out all this shit even more. <laughs> one round because, a night. And the first, they'll find a way to make the first round last three hours, and then they'll make the second round last three hours. And then it, it, that's what it's going to grow into. <laughs> I like I like the concept of you have the first round, on and it lasts two solid hours. I'm talking two solid, like packed hours. It, in in the in the way that soccer in the way that soccer. Two minutes, love six, watching baby. Soccer. 
because it's two hours. You're in, you're out. No, it's two hours. There's no bullshit. It's, it's two hours. Bam, 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 pick, 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 Gruden yelling, Gruden yelling, Kuiper blasting somebody, Kuiper McShay arguing about something. This guy, that guy, cut to a camera, some guy who's dropping too far, and everybody feels sorry for him, but a bunch of us smart asses are laughing at the Schneidenfreud and all that kind of stuff. New York's booing their own fucking picks. They're booing Goodell. They're booing this guy. They're booing that guy. Awful handshakes, weird bro hugs, the whole deal. And then, boom, you're out. That's round one. Two hours filled to the gills. None of this fan, none of this uh, mamby-pamby horse shit. And actually, if I had my druthers, the first round would be done in a fucking hour, and that would be it. And then, boom, you're done. End of broadcast. So Show me the an, world's strongest. If it's an hour and you have yesterday. 32 teams, they can't even have two minutes to pick. What do they get, like 90 seconds? <laughs> I'm fine with that. I'm, yeah, look, it's, look, look, it's, it's, look I, let me tell you something. In one of Kevin's perfect fucking worlds, we're, we're trying, we're going to put all the fucking GMs in a room like it's a fantasy football draft, and we got the giant piece of paper, the giant white, uh, white sheet of paper up spread out across a wall in the room, and you got a bunch of guys yelling into the GM's ear, and he's got to run up in 90 seconds and take a fucking sticker and put it on the board in in 90 seconds, uh, two minutes, whatever. That's fucking hilarious. I would love to see that. I want to see nothing but that, because that will breed chaos. I, I, I am a proponent of chaos. So... But that's never going to happen because, you know, that might rile the blue noses or whatever. So, fine. A solid two-hour broadcast, boom, round one done. Round two, another solid two-hour broadcast. You do rounds three and four on Saturday, and then you do five, six, and seven on Sunday during the day. During the day. And then you can just – you can go nuts with five, six, and seven. You can do all – the soft music, Tom Verducci horse shit that you want, <laughs> and 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 just you know, his his father was blinded by a boat propeller when he was seven, and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and he had to he had to learn braille to communicate with his sister, and 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 I want that whole deal. I want all of that in five, six, and seven because that's the shit that barely anybody cares about. So you got to trump that stuff up. One and two, it's built in. It's built in. It's a jazzed-up event. It's on a Thursday and Friday night. People are inside already to watch this shit, so you're good to go. Saturday, Saturday becomes, you know, just that, that, that's the more interesting thing. you got guys who, you got the people in the know who are going to stay and watch it, so you got the diehards, and then you can rope people in. Because if they're inside watching TV on Saturday night, what the fuck else are they going to watch? There's nothing else on fucking Saturday night. You, uh, you're going to watch reruns of shit? Walker, that, Texas Ranger? Are you in prime time? Or you gonna, exactly. Or are you going to fucking air some shitty-ass uh, SNL episode that doesn't feature Louis C.K. as the host or Melissa <laughs> McCarthy as the ghost? No. It's going to be some crap episode with Justin Bieber, and you're going to want to hang yourself two minutes in. So fucking tune in and watch rounds three and four. Right. But five, six, and seven. Five, six, and seven is just a complete madhouse. In fact, in fact, fuck that. Have JD Roth host rounds five, six, and seven. Give Berman the boot. Kick Shannon Sharp, or not Shannon Sharp. Kick 
the other sharp brother out of the fucking boots. Kick the other guy from the Broncos out. Get rid of all the usual motherfuckers. Hell, get rid of McShay and Kuyper. Bring in, like, the fourth or fifth guy that does a ton of the legwork on ESPN.com. Put a microphone on him, get him a real shitty tie, and stick him out there, and he's going to sound and act like the the uh, the uh, adolescent character on The Simpsons. Well, he was the one should be drafted by the Raiders. Hmm. And it, it'll be hilarious. You get that guy, you get, like, Stefania Bell if she's around, you throw up a you throw, like, the not-ready-for-prime-time players, and you put them up in five, six, and seven. You throw in some fat sumo contests, and you get the guy who's not Roger Goodell to show up to make the draft choices. I don't that, even know. That, is, that, will be, that will be great. Yeah, whoever's the deputy commissioner, whoever the Russ Granick is. Is it right? Wait, fuck, who's, who's Russ Granick now? Washington, is, Russ is Granick, it? Is Jeez. Russ Granick the deputy commissioner of, no, of the NFL or the or is he the deputy of the NBA? He's NBA. It's it's uh it's uh Gene Washington is the guy. There you go. So fine, get Gene get Gene Washington, and have him do the announcements, and just have a complete B League C League team do it, and everybody's going to be watching. Why? Because they want to watch chaos. They want to watch train wrecks. They want to see embarrassing moments that they can gif up. The SB Nation would melt down with all the gifts being made. It would. It would be. It'd be fantastic. And the Saints could have Rob Ryan as their guy at the phone, which would just be. There you go. Mendous. All right. Let's get to this week's edition of mocking the draft. This is where the four of us do a mock draft of a ridiculous topic, and we go two rounds. Uh, so I believe in the email I said Kevin was up first. This week's topic on mocking the draft is the best place to eat late night in New Orleans when you're drunk and or high. So, Mr. Held, you have the first pick. You are on the clock. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's only one person out of the four of us that lives in New Orleans, but that's cool. Yeah, well, we grew up there. I, I spent a lot of nights passed out in gutters. Fairly yellow, you're a fucking foodie anyway. We could we could have nine picks apiece, and you'd still have a fucking depth chart. You know it. You know it, baby. I've done my research. <laughs> you've, you've eaten your fucking research, man. You I've know been, what you're I've doing. Been, I've been to every fucking pro day there. <laughs> Kevin, you sound like you're in a hole. Even by our low-quality podcast standards, you sound like you're in a goddamn hole. Me or him? Yo, now you're all right. Oh, yeah. Well, I had my phone at the speaker for a second. Right. I was eating pizza. All right. So you're on the clock. Um, you're on the clock. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Late night. I also think we need to have, like, the real draft, and we need to have a time limit here, particularly yeah. for Kevin. Kevin, you... <laughs> Kevin, you <laughs> straight down. Kevin, Kevin, straight down to me. Because <laughs> I can fucking talk... Look, I can talk myself down for... Yeah. Kevin, you got in- actually. You know what? Hang on. Fuck this. I got the I got the first great fucking pick. I got it first right off the bat. If we're talking late night and you're fucking drunk or hammered, now let me clarify. Does this have to be New Orleans City proper, or can it be the GNO? It can be the GNO. Okay. Fuck all y'all. I just won this motherfucker. <laughs> no, you didn't. Go ahead. Morning call beignets in Metairie. In the fucking strip mall, 
right by Lakeside. That shit was my bread and butter <laughs> back in the day. That's a solid. Right, well, that's the bread and butter. Now, and this is, this is, okay, now hold on. This is, you said late night. Yeah, this late night. Uh, yeah, so. this, is, this, is, this is exactly why we need to have people that live in New Orleans. There's now a morning call in City Park, asshole. Well, that's all right. That's all right. So, so that's a solid. That's a solid pick, though, Kevin. All right, Dave. Dave, you are on the clock. Um, I'm going to leave the one that we talked about earlier for you guys. Is that Ralph? Because Ralph, you may be using this one. I'm going to. I'm going to pick a no-name guy out of a small school. Uh, this is going to be a bit of a reach for number two. But um, there's this place. It's on. I want to say Saint Philip in the quarter. It's right next to. Um, I think it's right next to Pat O'Brien's, and it's this little walk-in place. It's yeah, with like maybe one table and a counter, and it's, I think it's called Alibaba, and they have like a, a euro. They do like a euro, um, and for a small little shitty hole in the wall just off Bourbon Street, um, it's pretty fucking good. Now, of course, you're not eating at this place unless like like we agreed upon. You're either really wasted or really high, and it's late at night, so. You know, it's very possible that your perception could be screwed. It's very possible my perception has been uh, skewed. But I have eaten there a couple of times, and uh, it is fantastic. It is fantastic. Alibaba on, I believe, St. Philip in the quarter. Very good when you're drunk at at 1 in the morning. Andrew, you are on the clock. And if you don't pick the other one that I was thinking of, I'll I'll say that one too. Andrew, you are on the clock. All right. Well, uh, I mean, there's so many places. I you know I, I'm a Metairie kid. I my, my house is there, and that's that's where my parents live. So, you know, there's there's a lot of good places in Metairie. But uh, my my recollection of the quarter is, and I, I brought this up before we went live on air, is there there's this bakery shop about halfway down Bourbon Street, and if you walk in, you go to the left. There's like this little Pakistani guy in the corner making these pieces that just taste like god-awful cardboard. And and the fact that I've gone there more than once is the, the biggest head-scratcher because you know it tastes like shit. You know it tastes like shit when you take a bite and you're three sheets to the wind and your BAC is higher than .2. And you're like, hmm, this kind of sucks. But you keep eating it anyway. And then next time you're drunk in the quarter, you go back. So um, I don't even know the name of the place. I just call it like the Pakistani pizza guy. In the it's, probably, it's probably either Fat Tuesdays or it's probably Mango, Mango, Mango. Yeah, uh, it's Mango, Mango, Mango. That's exactly what it is. All right. Yeah. So I'm on the clock, and I can't believe none of you bitches picked this one. I was sure somebody was going to pick this, but nobody did. You've got to eat when you are drunk and or high in New Orleans. F&M chicken fingers. I've never had them sober. I've never even had them when I'm conscious and can function. So in my brain, they're delicious. Well, that's ironic because I think at F&M, by far the most popular thing, if you mention, if, if you talk to anybody in New Orleans and you say F&M and food, I think everybody's going to say the cheese fries. I know, but the chicken you're, fingers. You're going with the chicken fingers. I'm going okay. with the chicken fingers. Nah, that was my... Well, my uh, Go yeah, ahead. my my other my well my other one we talked about earlier, but three blocks from where I am here is the boot, and and it, connected to the boot they've got the dough bowl used to be called Dino's back yeah. when I was in school, uh, 
and uh, they've got a little walk-up window. You just walk up, you get a slice, which is rare in New Orleans. I think there's only maybe one other place in New Orleans that does that, where you can just walk and get a slice of pizza, not to buy a whole pie. But um, the owner is from New York, and I'm from New York, and I am a pizza connoisseur. And while it's not as good as New York pizza, I will say that it is the closest to uh, a good old big fat New York slice of pizza, and greasy. And you fold, you know, the kind you can fold up and eat up. Uh, and when you're wasting, you know, the college kids, all the Tulane and Loyola kids. Uh, and when you're high, it's about. fantastic. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. it's like yeah. the best pizza you ever had in your life. But I, right, go there, I, I go there for lunch sometimes because I just right, walk down uh, the block. Andrew, you're on – that's Dave's pick for the second round. Andrew, you are on the clock with your second pick. Oh, oh I, I have to pick twice? Yeah. You have to, <laughs> yeah. Pick. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> all right. This uh, is falling apart. This I mean, I mean, I don't know. I I always, I always would go to Lee's hamburger in, um, in Metairie. So, I don't know. Those hamburgers are pretty tasty, I guess. And <laughs> I don't know. That that's right by my house, actually. So that's where I would go. How many Lee's know, hamburgers did you eat with a blood alcohol level above 0.5? Lee's hamburgers are huge. Have you ever had one? Yeah, but I mean, how many times did you eat a Lee's hamburger with a blood alcohol level above 0.5? Oh. Countless times. Countless times. That's a good choice. I mean, every time I was drunk and wanted food, you know, when I was over 18, for, from the ages of like 18 to 25, um, pretty much once a week. Kevin, Kevin, you are on the clock with your second and final pick. Oh, don't say Cafe Dumont. <laughs> No, I'll, I'll reach through the internet and punch you in the balls. I'm not taking Cafe Dumont. I, I I am not a fan of Cafe Dumont. Um, huh. there is a uh, now I can't remember the goddamn name of this fucking joint. Where is it? Okay, uh, it's where. See, I'm used to taking River Road. So, yeah, like yeah. where River Road, it's like where River Road and Carrollton meet. Yeah, it's in that neighborhood of the Camellia Grill. Cooter but, Browns. Wait, say that again. Cooter Browns. Cooter Browns. Is that what you, is that it? Is that it? Or like, what yes. is this dish? Yes. Or yeah. it's bar food. It's Cooter uh, Browns a bar. It's basically the fucking burger. I mean. Oh. I mean, you know, you basically just go to Cooter Browns for a burger. That's a, I was that's... I was leaning I was leaning Camellia Grill. Yeah. But, okay. I but but I opt for Cooter Browns because while you're while you're already, you know, drunk and at Cooter Browns, it's like you can keep drinking. You know, yeah, I don't recall I don't recall it's like I don't recall Camellia Grill serving beer, so you can already go to Cooter Browns and be like, all right, fine, I'll fill up on the fries and the burger, and then I'll fucking eat or or drink more beer. It's win-win. Yeah. You know, I got... Browns is my favorite. Have you guys ever heard of um, Smitty's Seafood? Now, this is this is really showing my Jefferson Parish uh, (laughs) side of the street, but um, have you guys ever been to... Smitty's Seafood. Have you guys heard of this hole in the wall? 
I have not. I have not it's either. Off, it's off of uh, Williams and Kenner, um, not too far from the airport. But that is the best. Oh yeah. I have ever had in New Orleans in the New or- in the GNO, yeah. and that place yeah. is the bomb. And if I ever wanted a pull boy, I would hop in a fucking cab and ride 20 minutes from the quarter if I had to at times to to go there. If I was uptown, I, I would fucking get, take a cab and haul all the way to Kenner just to get a pull boy from Schmitty. That's dedication. Uh, I'm going to go with the final pick, and I don't want to pick this, but I feel like I have to. It's the atrocity on a bun. Um. It's Lucky Dog. And it's not good. And it's not even, I don't even think it's uh, safe to eat more than one a year. But I just just feel like I have to pick it. It was either that or chocolate pecan pie from Camellia Grill. And I feel like, I feel like the Lucky Dog, everybody hates it and they make fun of it. But when you're drunk, or especially when you're high, it just sort of calls your name through the puke and the vomit and the urine. It just says, come. This time is going to be different. It's not going to taste like uh, uh, a sausage that you picked out of a ditch. This time it's going to be different. And it never is. But you eat it. So I feel like I feel like Lucky Dog. i, I got to choose that one. So... Um, and you know, for the record, as for this this whole second round falling apart, Kevin Held wanted this to be three rounds. <laughs> yeah, because I because I had more fucking choices. I had more options, man. Well, my next pick was deep frying some frozen boudin balls. So. Um, so, I didn't even read it. Yeah. I didn't even know he would do it. So um, that'll just about wrap it up, Dave. What do you have? Go to go to Canal Street Chronicles. Dave has has had all sorts of stuff celebrating the five year anniversary, which I wanted to touch on before we got out of here. Dave, you've had some really fun, cool stuff. Uh, I even liked the uh, the memories of the dome. That thread was really cool. Everybody was putting them in. Um, so, what do you have uh, the next two weeks leading up to the draft? Uh, we're going to be blowing out. You know, I've been I've been holding back on the uh, on the community mock draft, but things have been happening behind the scenes. Uh, and everybody's made their picks and sending me their write-ups. Um, <clears throat> so I kind of focus this week on the five-year anniversary and let everybody write their own thing. I may do one more final post, maybe for tomorrow or Saturday, some of my favorite moments, the best of the best of the best um, kind of thing from Canal Street Chronicles. I may or may not do that, but um, starting next week, we're going we're gonna to go hard and hot and heavy with the, uh, <clears throat> with the mock draft, community mock draft, we'll, you know, We'll probably have to do two picks a day, um, but I think that'll be a good lead up um, up to the draft. I may or may not. We might um, we might do a thing where maybe the community we put together a Saints like a big board, and we basically have a poll and and we rank each each draft prospect and and sort of put together a list from one to you know twenty or thirty or so. Um, as far as um, you know, who, 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 who Saints fans would like to see the Saints take in, 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 in order, so we may do something like that to put together a, a mock draft big board. But um, other than that, you know, we're going to be pimping out the pimping out the draft stuff as we get closer. Uh, 
Yeah, and I just want to pimp myself. I have a I picked for the Miami Dolphins, which it really was just um me transcribing what my angry wife uh tells me about the Dolphins. So uh people I'm sure will hate it and I'll get about a thirty percent approval rating. So I'm excited about that. And go to Go to Canal Street Chronicles. Go to Saints Nation and read Andrew's stuff. His stuff is great as well. As well. And like we said at the beginning of the show, whenever Kevin deems to grace us with prose, his stuff is really good too. He'll probably have a power poll right around September 1st. October. Christmas. 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 There you go. Christmas 2017. All right. On that note, hopefully – North Korea won't fire a nuclear missile and we'll be able to join you with our draft preview extravaganza. Until then, people, so long.